G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. When you're a healthy Christian, you will desire God's Word in your life. So if to you reading the Bible is a drag, that is not a good indication. I think a real indication of you being a Spirit-filled believer is that you are hungry for God's Word. Health is often tied to appetite. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out it's a very good sign if we have an appetite for Scripture. Hungry people are healthy people. This is the day when the lost are found. Word is a light for our path and a food for our soul. It's the only offensive weapon in our suit of spiritual armour. And yet, in many homes, it's the dustiest book on the bookshelf. It contains the very keys to the issue of life, and yet it's overlooked and forgotten. And so many times we need the help it offers. They say a well-used Bible that's falling apart is usually owned by someone who isn't. And today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the importance of digesting Scripture. Bible. I can tell you I knew nothing about the Bible before I was a Christian. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I'd never read the Bible for myself. Uh, I, I was completely ignorant of it. But on my high school campus where the Jesus movement was happening, there was a lot of young kids walking around with Bibles. And these are kids I knew. Some of these kids I used to party with and hang out with. And I thought, why on earth would they carry a Bible publicly? That is so weird, it's so insane. And we kind of made fun of them, we laughed at them and thought they were all, you know, collectively one taco short of a combination plate or something, right? <laughs> so you know my story, I was walking across the front lawn of my campus, I saw the Christians singing their songs about Jesus and I sat down close enough to listen in on what they were saying. And for the first time I heard the gospel, that was the day I accepted Christ into my life. So that weekend I had planned to go and do some drugs and, and I thought, well, okay, I'm a Christian and I'm just gonna go do drugs as a Christian. That's great, isn't it? And I was all alone and I was sitting on a rock and I was getting ready to get high and that same still small voice that I heard on my high school campus spoke to me again. The Lord said, you don't need that anymore. And I said, all right, God, if you're real, you're gonna have to prove it to me because I don't know if I believe this even though I've prayed and asked you into my life. So I threw my little baggie of pot away and my little pipe and I said, help me with this. So I went back to school the next Monday and I, I didn't know where to fit in. I didn't feel comfortable around my, around my old druggy friends 
because they just got high every day pretty much and I didn't want to be with them. But the Christians were a little too intense for me. A little too much praise the Lord, hallelujah, right? And, and they were like, praise God, man, I love the Lord, praise Jesus. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I was sort of in that in-between spot. You know how that can be when you're a brand new believer? And so I'm walking across my high school campus and some guy yells out my name. I don't even know this guy. He yells out, Greg! I turn to him, he goes, brother Greg! And he's like, brother? Brother, unless you're a brother from another mother, uh, you know? <laughs> and he goes, bro! I said, yeah. And he's like, I got something for you, bro. And I said, what did you get for me? He says, this! And he holds up this Bible, really big Bible. And it was suede. And it had popsicle sticks glued together in the shape of a cross. Bro, praise the Lord, read it, it's God's Word. I'm like, oh man. So he leaves, and I'm so embarrassed by this Bible. So I shove it into the pocket of my coat because I didn't want anyone to see that I was carrying a Bible. So I decided to go over to my old friend's house where I basically used to go every day at lunchtime and get high. No wonder my grades were so low. You get high, your grades are low. So. I went over to my friend's house, this Bible that was in my pocket, I pulled it out and I put it in the bushes in front of his house because I didn't want them to see it sticking out of my coat pocket. So I put my Bible in the bushes and I walked in, they said, Lori, that's what they called me. How are you doing, man? I said, I'm fine. And they said, uh, what have you been doing? I said, nothing. Went, Where have you been? We haven't seen you. Yeah, what, yeah, I haven't been doing anything. And so one of them said, hey man, we got some good pot. You want to get high? I said, no. I said, Lori, what's wrong with you? I said, there's nothing wrong with me. I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to do it. And I'm sitting there for a moment. And I really sense the Holy Spirit saying, tell them about Jesus. And I'm saying, no way. <laughs> I'm not telling anybody about anything. And I'm just trying to kind of keep it all inside. And all of a sudden, the front door opens up and one of my friend's uh, mom is there, the one who owned the home. And she's holding my Bible. And she says, who does this belong to? I'm thinking, what is wrong with this woman? She has kids doing drugs in her house at lunchtime and she's alarmed by a Bible? <laughs> Who does this belong to? Like it was some weapon or something. Well, maybe it is, right? It's a sword of the Spirit. Every eye in the room went to the Bible and they went back to me. They made the connection. And I said, that is, that's, that's, that's mine. <laughs> she said, why? Well, I said, that's, that's mine. What is that, Lori? It's a Bible. What? It's a Bible. What? It's a Bible. I grabbed it, and then one of my friends said, oh, Greg, praise the Lord. Are we gonna be a Christian now? I said, no, I'm gonna hit you in the mouth now. See, because I hadn't read 1 Corinthians 13. You see, I hadn't read anything. I was trying to hide the Word of God. Well, since then, I found it's much better to hide the Word of God in your heart, right? Not in the bushes, preferably. And uh, that was my first opportunity to share the gospel, which I failed miserably. But it was a reminder of the power of the Bible, the power of the Word of God. And we've talked about things that we did back in the days of the Jesus movement. We talked about how, you know, contemporary Christian worship was born before our eyes and also how we love to talk about the soon coming of the Lord. We talked about that recently. But one of the big things that was happening back in those days is almost everything we went to was a Bible study. Every service that we would have, we would open up the Word of God. And then there were home Bible studies and Bible studies on high school campuses and Bible studies on college campuses. We couldn't get enough of the Word of God. Let me quote for a moment from that Time Magazine article 
And I just would love to see something like this in time again, where they're talking about what was happening. And here's a direct quote. Um, the Bible is true, miracles happen. God really did so love the world. He gave His only begotten Son. Bibles abound whether the cherished, fur-covered King James Version or scruffy back pocket paperbacks. They're invariably well-thumbed and often memorized. So a real earmark of that last great spiritual awakening in America was the Bible. Okay, so let's go over to Acts chapter two. This is when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost. And people speak in unknown languages. They speak in tongues. And then what happens after that? Acts chapter two, verse 16. Peter stands up and says, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Very important statement. Here's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Supernatural phenomena is taking place and Peter stands up and says, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And this makes a very important point. Everything that we do as Christians should be informed by the word of God. There should be a biblical basis for what we do. So when we talk about making a decision or should we do this or should we do that, we go to the scripture. What does the Bible say? Does the scripture address this, at least in principle, if not specifically? And so Peter was standing up and saying, this is the biblical basis. Sometimes in what some might call revival meetings or, or things where there's a lot of uh, excitement, a lot of passion, sometimes things happen that frankly are not biblical. And, and people will say, this is a new work of the Holy Spirit. It's new. Listen to this. If it's New, it's not true. And if it's true, it's not new. And we don't need a new thing. We want to do a biblical thing. And when God pours His Spirit out, we want to have a biblical basis for what we're saying and doing. And that certainly is what happened there. But then what happened after the Holy Spirit was poured out, this is a very important thing. They began to dig into the scripture. We don't read, and after the spirit was poured out, they ran around like chickens with their heads cut off. And I bring this up because I've seen meetings, sometimes that's on Christian television, where people are screaming and writhing on the floor and yelling and making animal sounds, and people say, this is the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know what Holy Spirit it is, but I don't see anything like that in the Bible. By the way, have you ever seen a chicken get its head cut off? I have. It happened to me when I was around five years old. And I was with my grandparents and we went out to the desert. They had a house there. No electricity. So, and when we were gonna have a meal, my grandfather would chop the head of the chicken off and my grandmother would make chicken. So I'm five years old, I'm standing there. He takes his chicken, he puts it on his stump, he takes out a hatchet and he chops its head off. And the body rolls off and it's running around, spurting blood and <laughs> flapping. And the head is laying there on the stump. And I'm thinking, how does that body know where to go? It's almost like the head is going, go right, go right, go straight, go straight. Because the chicken, without a head, is coming straight at me. And I'm, I still have nightmares about it today. I break out in a sweat when I go by Chick-fil-A. I'm serious, it's horrible. No. But the thing is, is that's how some people are. Oh, this is the Holy Spirit. Let's just be crazy and insane. No, God gave that power to the church for them to change the world. He gave them power to be a witness. 
listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the USA. Thanks for joining us as we consider the central part that God's Word plays in the life of the healthy believer. Pastor Greg continues his message now. It's called The Bible and Revival. It's from his series, Jesus Revolution. So what did the church do after the Spirit was poured out? Look at Acts 2, verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayer. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They dug into the Word of God. Listen, if you want to be a Spirit-filled, revived Christian, you need to be digging in to God's Word each and every day. Because if you don't, you're going to fail spiritually. You know, one thing that will happen if you go to visit your doctor, you're not feeling well, first thing you'll ask, or she'll ask, is how's your appetite? Why? Because hungry people are healthy people. That's how I know I'm healthy right now because I'm still thinking about pizza, and this is a problem. (laughs) So that's a sign of health. So when you're a healthy Christian, when you're a spiritually revived Christian, when you are a spirit-filled Christian, you will desire God's Word in your life. So if to you reading the Bible is a drag, if it's a drudgery, if it's something you dread, if it's something you do in a token way, that is not a good indication. I think a real indication of you being a spirit-filled believer is that you are hungry for God's Word. You know, when I don't eat, I get kind of cranky. My wife figured this out a number of years ago. I'll just be in a bad mood. I'm sort of snippy. She says, you're just hungry. I'm not, I'm not hungry. No, you're hungry and she'll throw a sandwich at me. It works every time. I catch up my mouth. No, but you know, that, that's how it can be. You're, you know, the reason you're not feeling that well, the reason you're kind of cranky, the reason you're kind of depressed, the reason you're lethargic is you need a meal. And I don't just mean food. I'm talking about you need the Word of God. That's why you need to take time every day to open up God's Word and read what it has to say to you. The Word of God is powerful. And I'm amazed at how I've read certain verses many, many times over the years, but how they'll just jump off the page and come alive for me. Do you know what I'm talking about? That verse that just sent from heaven and it's just exactly what I needed to hear in the given moment. Well, how's that gonna happen if I don't open up the Bible? (laughs) I can't just hold it up to my head and pray it all just makes its way in there. I need to read it. And I need to commit scripture to memory. I memorized scriptures when I was a 17-year-old kid that I still remember today in my 30s, times two. They're still with me, those verses. Like Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the word of the Lord and in it does he meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Blessed is that man. I learned that so many years ago. It's still with me. It still helps me. How about 1 Corinthians 10, 13? There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God who is faithful will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I'm not doing this to impress you. You can do this. We can all do this. Oh no, I can't remember anything. Give me a break. You remember lines from films. 
You remember lyrics from the lamest songs of all time. You remember the scores of Super Bowl games going back forever. You remember all that trivia. Don't tell me you cannot remember the Word of God. You just take time to get it into your mind and get it into your heart and that will never be time that is wasted. All right, well let's go over to our second passage, Psalm 19, and we'll close with this. And this is just the Word of God telling us why the Word of God is important. And by the way, these were originally songs. They were set to melody. And uh, this one even has a certain cadence to it that sounds a lot like a song. Psalm 19, verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful poetry, but it is actually also the inspired word of God. So here's just a few takeaway thoughts. Number one, the word of God is perfect. When we say the law of the Lord, we could replace that with the word of the Lord or, or the Bible even because it's just referring to God's written word. The word of God is perfect because this phrase means that it is flawless. It is without any flaw of any kind. Now this is important because we live in a time where things are constantly changing. Culture changes, fashion changes, music changes. Everything is changing before our eyes. Something that's cool today will not be cool tomorrow. Trust me. I've lived long enough to see all of these fads come and go. And all you have to do is look at your yearbook photo. Does anyone ever look good in a yearbook photo? You know, I, I don't know if they do, but um, you know, you look back and you think, what was I thinking? Why was I wearing that, right? So these things change. And also in the news, you know, when you get a newspaper, it's dated already. I mean, a newspaper from this morning, well, things have happened this afternoon and they're happening right now because I get them on my news feed. And even despite that, there's so much fake news out there. You don't know what to believe, but here's the good news. In the Bible, there's no fake news. There's just good news that you can depend on because the word of the Lord is perfect. And as you open up the word of God, it can be fresh to you each and every morning. Uh, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. The word perfect means it's whole, it's complete, and it's sufficient. Listen, everything you need to know about God is found in the Bible. You don't need to go anywhere else. It's one-stop shopping right here. This is God's message to each and every one of us. Second Timothy 3 says, all scripture is breathed by God. Pastor Greg Laurie with some good insight on a new beginning, speaking about the vital importance that God's Word plays in the life of the believer. The study is from his powerful new series called Jesus Revolution, looking at what set the stage for the Jesus movement in the 60s and 70s and how we can help usher in that kind of spiritual awakening again today. Well, next time, more about the importance of God's Word and memorizing key passages as part of our spiritual growth plan 
Join us again at the same time tomorrow with Pastor Greg Laurie. For a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The Bible and Revival. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.